You are listening to the official podcast of Refuge, where we believe all people matter to God. Well, good morning, church. How's everyone doing? Did you get to say hi to someone that you haven't met before? If not, it's still time after service. But we want to all, again, I want to welcome you to Refuge. And it's so exciting. I believe that God has great things in store for 2016. And, and I believe we're getting ready, prepared, and charged to meet whatever challenges may come. But uh, it's exciting to be here this morning. And I just want to welcome uh, you. And for those of you that weren't with us last week, Happy New Year. In fact, uh, a new year is usually a time that we do self-assessments on our life and we look at what areas of our life where we can improve. And have you maybe discovered one or two areas where you can improve? All right, maybe we can work on a couple areas. All right, hopefully. Um, we, we really had a great time at Second Saturday yesterday. We started a new outreach where the second Saturday of every month, uh, we get people to come together, we'll meet at the church, we pray, and then we go out to a strategic area where we serve and we bless and, and do something that can benefit uh, people in our community. And so yesterday we were at Destiny Point out in Blinker. If uh, you don't know where Blinker, Wisconsin is, it's just off of Highway U.S. Highway 10 as you're going west. And so it's, uh, you, there's a little sign, if you're going too fast, you'll miss it. If you blink, you'll miss it. And so, but we were there, they were uh, donated a home and the home needed to be completely renovated so it's in that renovation process. And so it was really exciting to be a part of that. And, and if you're not aware of Destiny Point, uh, talk to Julie Wazella or Bob Wazella. He'll direct you to Julie. Or Chris is with us today. She's the director out there. And Chris, why don't you wave? We appreciate the commitment and what you're doing to bring restoration to women's lives. And, and we thank God for uh, this outreach ministry. So it was great to be out there. It was a little bit cold. Uh, Dr. Colton and I, we were on the scaffold outside for over an hour and a half, like 30 feet in the air. That was chilling, quite the chill, but we survived. Um, I was gonna have Dr. Colton come and share a little bit, but his voice is gone. Mine's okay yet, so. Uh, but I appreciate all of you that came out uh, for that effort, and, and there'll be other opportunities, so stay in tune with us, amen? Yes. Now last week, we uh, shared with you about Fresh Start, and to listen to that message uh, or other messages, you can go online and we have free podcasts where you can listen to those messages. And we, we really, in looking at a Fresh Start, we talked about what it means to get a Fresh Start, and the real key is putting God first, right? And putting God first, if you really put God first, you'll never be last. And I think sometimes that can be such a challenge in our lives to make time for God, to give him the first fruits of your day. Putting God first is really a choice that we need to make. It's a decision that we need to make every day in our lives. In fact, if you fail to put God first and seek him, that's really the first step towards disappointment and defeat in your life. And so uh, we want to start each day by giving our first fruits to God. Now today's message, we want to look at the life of Daniel and if we're going to have a fresh start, it starts really having to have the right outlook. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Daniel's outlook on life and what he had to go through. And we're going to just touch on maybe a segment of his, his life and what we see. Uh, but before we do that and before we pray, uh, for those of you that have participated in the past with us with the New Year's fast, 
Uh, that's, we call it fresh start, and we really pattern it after the Daniel fast, which we see in the book of Daniel. And it's a time as a church, as individuals desire to participate, we corporately come together and we participate in the fast where we commit 21 days to seek the Lord through prayer and fasting. And, and I've been talking to a few people this week, uh, this is the first time they've ever fasted in their life, and, and what they're sharing with me is very encouraging. Uh, there's a greater clarity, there's a greater uh, uh, connectedness to hear the voice of God and, and to come into a greater and closer fellowship with him. And so uh, these things are exciting to me as a pastor when I see God beginning to move in a greater dimension in people's lives. So we're on a, we're actually on day seven. We started on the fourth last Sunday, or last Monday, this past Monday. We're on day seven of a 21-day corporate fast as a church. And, and your participation is voluntary, but it's very appreciate, appreciated uh, for us to experience more of what God has for us as a church as we do this thing together. And, and part of church is we do life together. We, we share uh, in common experience and, and our, as our faith grows and meeting challenges and encouraging others and praying with people to get through difficult times that they may be facing. But church is really family, and, and I'm, I'm so blessed to be part of this family and so glad to have you be part of this family too. If, and if you're visiting for the very first time, at, at the end of the service, uh, we have, and you heard the announcement called Refuge Life. Anyone is invited to participate in that. We're providing a free lunch, there's childcare, but it's about an hour or so of your time where you can just learn about the church and, and just see what Refuge is all about. And it's a great place even to meet other people and connect with some of the leadership that will be actually sharing uh, components of, of that time together. So you're all welcome to that. And if you're interested, just at the Welcome Center, you can talk to the individual back there and they'll direct you on, on what you need to do, where you need to go. All right, so something this morning, uh, it's, we have like a prayer focus for every day of the Daniel Fast, of the Fresh Start Fast, and today, uh, the prayer focus is for Stevensburg Christian Academy, but not limited to that. We include education in our school systems where we want to pray and make that a focal point of our prayers. Uh, so uh, when we pray this morning, we want to include that. In Colossians 2.8, the scripture tells us, it says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elementary spirits of this world and not according to Christ. And so education must be founded and grounded in Christ Jesus. And there's elements sometimes that can compromise that. And so we just want to pray that, that there would be uh, the right kind of education provided for our children and for those who are learning and those who are gaining knowledge and understanding. And so let's join our faith together as we pray before we minister God's word. But before we pray, I forgot one thing. The scripture for today's message is actually found in Isaiah 43, verse 19. And we want to read that and then we will pray. Isaiah 43, 19. It says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God's doing something new. And we must embrace it. We must understand it. And we must come to a point where we participate in what God is doing in the earth. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, we join our faith together and we're so thankful for this opportunity to gather as a church, as a family of believers. We thank you for each one that has come. And I thank you, Father, for meeting each person at the point of their need. 
We thank you for giving to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know what is the hope of our calling, the exceeding greatness of your power towards us and your riches to us in Christ Jesus. We thank you today. And Father, we lift up Stevens Point Christian Academy. We lift up the schools in our district. We lift up the college campus. We lift up the teachers, the educators, the administration. And we pray, oh God, that, that you would bring your presence into these areas of education. Father, we thank you for a revival amongst our students in our school systems, that you would pour out your spirit, that truth, Father, would begin to emerge like never before, and hearts would be inclined to, to look to you and follow after you. In Jesus' name, we thank you for your provision and your protection over Stevens Point Christian Academy, our families, our students that are part of, of that ministry. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. And everyone in agreement says, Amen. 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 Um, I just wanted to give a little blurb out here because uh, I, I just was reminded about this the other day. And that is uh, that in the Jewish uh, community, in the Jewish culture, in, in the nation of Israel, this year is actually the year of their Jubilee. But what's significant about it is it actually started in September, uh, one of the days in September. I believe it began at the last uh, blood moon or the, the uh, solar eclipse. Um, and when that time occurred in the historical calendar or the calendar of Israel, they began their year of Jubilee. Now the year of Jubilee was celebrated uh, in ancient Israel after 49 years after 49 years, the 50th year would be the year of Jubilee. Now what's significant about this particular Jubilee, it marks the 70th Jubilee from the first Jubilee that occurred after the children of Israel entered into Canaan, Canaan in the Promised Land and took possession of it. And so this is really uh, a parallels to the body of Christ and to Christians that in the year of Jubilee, it's a year of debt cancellation, it's a year of restoration, it signifies a year where all things return back to the original owner, but it's a, it's a year where, where God begins to pour out his presence and his provision in an unprecedented, how do you say that word? Precedent. Precedented way, thank you. Thank you, if I get tongue-tied, it's only because I was on the scaffold yesterday for an hour and a half <laughs> in the, on the north side of a building when the wind was blowing, so I was chilled to the bone, I could not get warm the rest of the day. I, I had layers of clothes on me and didn't take off till I went to bed, okay? So, yeah, if I get tongue-tied, that's the reason, that's the excuse, okay? Just uh, for the record, okay? And so, but, so we need to position ourselves in the year of Jubilee, and, and part of it is an element of faith and trusting God. If you're facing something where you need restoration, begin to believe God, because this is your year, year of Jubilee. If, if you are in a financial crisis, this is your year of Jubilee, all right? So, and we'll be sharing more about that uh, throughout the rest of this year as we, uh, just, just so we can have a greater understanding of it. Uh, but uh, I believe it's going to be a sweet 16, right? This is going to be a year that God is going to put sweetness back into your life. The enemy wants bitterness to rule your life, but God wants you to taste his sweetness, okay? So this is, Sweet 16 year, okay? And, and we see in Psalms 34, 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You need to experience him. You need to encounter him. 
Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And so we need to taste, we need to experience who he is. And we see there's actually in, in Exodus, we see where the children of Israel, they came into the uh, wilderness and the water was bad. They just got into some bad, have you ever drank bad water? It was bad, it was, it was bitter, it was not good. And so God did the miracle and he made the bad water sweet. And we see in Exodus 15, 25, uh, Moses prayed, he intervened, he interceded for the people and he cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a log and he threw it into the water and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule and there he tested them. So in the moment of testing, God took bitter waters and made them sweet. You may be facing some bitter situations right now, but God wants to put something, the log, and the log can represent a truth or a word or something that will make what is bitter sweet, all right? And so uh, put your faith out there for that because I believe God has great things. There's another scripture in Psalms 119, verse 103, this is how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. His words are sweet. And the psalmist is declaring that. Amen? All right. And we, we've already shared with you that 2016, uh, God has shown us that this will be a year of growth for refuge. Um, and um, this will be a year not just growth in numbers, but in unity, in spiritual depth, in character, in influence, in reaching beyond these four walls. Uh, God wants to draw people here regardless of their backgrounds and, and they're gonna be drawn here because of what they see in your life. What's reflected in you, the love of Jesus, the character of Christ, they're gonna be drawn to come and fellowship here and, and receive what God has for them. And you, I believe you're gonna be reaching more people than ever before. And God, I believe, has called us to make disciples. So discipleship is really going to be a focus this year. And, and developing our small groups, that's one way we can, can build and develop disciples. And so if you're not plugged into a turning point, a small group, you need to be. It's important, I believe. And uh, something, and this is just a little, uh, something I'm gonna talk about, I wanted to share it before we get, when we look at Daniel, because we're gonna look at Daniel this morning. We're gonna look a little bit about uh, what he did and, and the narrative of his life and what we see in the book of Daniel. And, and let me just tell you, uh, that Daniel is one of those guys, he's one of my favorite Bible characters. And so it's no surprise that we named our firstborn son uh, Daniel. But it means God is judge. And, and there's just something about Daniel's life, when you look at his life, this guy, it's like he never messed up. This guy was on track, he was in tune, and he seemed to always know what to do in the midst of a crisis. And I believe it was because of his connection and his relationship with God, because he was in a... Um, ungodly culture, yet he maintained a godly life. When, when he had no reason to because there was not really accountability around him, there was a commitment in his heart to serve the purpose of God for his life. And he stayed true to God in the midst of all the junk that was going on around him, all the carnality, all the worldly philosophies. He was able to stay true to the word and be faithful to God in the midst of it all. And so, but, but one thing that I want to uh, throw out there for you, and it's this thing called distraction. I have discovered in my life that I'm more easily distracted at times than what I've thought. I mean, I can get distracted. How many of you sometimes can easily be distracted? 
Oh, look at the hands. Okay, we're going to preach on this. Not, I'm not going to get into it today, but what I'm going to say today is that we are hindered by distraction. And my wife would tell me that I'm distracted too easily. You know, she will testify to that. And what distraction is, this really kind of shook me to the core. Distraction actually is a word that describes a type of torture in the French culture, like back in medieval times. It was where they took four horses and they tied, this was a form of torture, they tied a person's limbs, all four of their limbs, the hands and their feet, to one of these horses and they pulled them in four directions to their death. And, and so that's the word distraction. It's being pulled in different directions, okay? And so then you can miss out on what God has for you because you're being pulled in different directions. And so you can be destroyed by distraction in your life. And so we're going to talk more about that in coming weeks, but I just wanted to give you a little precursor there on that, okay? Now, when we look at the biblical narrative of Daniel, it, it begins as he and other young men from Judah were taken captive by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. And that was in the year 604 B.C., If just for your information. You didn't need to know that, but it's good to know. Um, and, and there he became a statesman in the court of Nebuchadnezzar and King Darius. And now, you, you may be familiar with the story of Daniel's encounter in the lion's den. In fact, I think that's probably the most uh, familiar story that people have when they think of Daniel. What, I mean, what comes to mind when you think of Daniel? Yeah, the lion's den, okay? Um, and, and so, and that really was quite the challenge for him because of an edict a law that was made that he basically violated because to, to violate that law, it would have, or to obey that law would have required him to disobey God and to dishonor God. But he chose to remain faithful to God and suffer the consequences of breaking a law. And that was to worship any other God than the king. And, and so, um, but those that conspired to make that ruling um, were trying to destroy Daniel's life. And, and the whole story, you know, uh, he came, he, he made some pets out of the lions in the lion's den. As hungry as they were, the angel of the Lord came into that lion's den and shut their mouths. And sometimes, you know, we just need God to come in and shut people's mouths, right? Because people are trying to devour us alive many times. But uh, we're not going to share a lot about that, but we're going to Look at some other things about Daniel. Daniel, oh, you may have heard the other story in the book of Daniel, the narrative of the three Hebrew children. And, and they weren't really children, they were more like teenagers. But they didn't bow to the shrine that was erected in the court. And so the law was if you don't bow, you burn. And so they decided we're going to be faithful to God, so we will take the consequences of, of going through the fire. So they were thrown into the fire, but they made it seven times hotter than it was, and they survived the heat. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I don't handle the heat real well, you know. But they survived the heat and came out of it because there's a fourth man in that fiery furnace, and, and we see that was Christ, God, coming in there and, and, and with him to see, him through that, see them through that uh, dilemma. Now, Daniel served prominent positions in the governments of several 
Babylonian and medial Persian rulers, including Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius, and Cyrus. And so he was there in that period of time, and in each of those kings' lives, he had a significant role. He was a, a statesman. He was involved in politics. Can you imagine? He was involved in politics. He made a difference in the government. And I really believe that God is wanting to raise up godly, influential people to be involved in government. And so don't back off of that if you think that's a call. Oh, we can't, you know, mix God and politics. Well, how many of you know that politics without God is going to muck? And so we need more of God in the midst of politics, okay? And I'll leave it, I'll leave it set up there, well, enough set up that. But it's interesting because uh, Sir Isaac Newton, how many of you know who that guy is? He's one of the greatest scientific minds of all time. He actually accepted the book of Daniel as a revelation from God. Being a very, and he considered it a very detailed and accurate representation of the history of the world's dominating kingdoms and prophesying both the first and second coming of Christ. He foretold of the first and, the, and then the, what is yet to come, the return of Christ. Now, in Daniel chapter 9, and we're going to actually read a portion of the scripture, we see that the stage is set for Daniel to receive revelation and insight for the nation of Israel and for God's plan and purpose for the future. Now, let me just stop right there and say, you know, there's something that it would be wonderful, and I, I think you would agree with this, that if you knew what the future had in store, don't you think that would give you an advantage right now? To have future insight so that you can make decisions today based on what you know of what's going to happen in the future. And so uh, Daniel was getting some insight concerning the future, but what we see here, uh, this was the revelation he got was plans and the revelation of the coming of the Messiah. In, in the first year of the reign of Darius, Daniel came to understand the implications of the prophecy of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was a, a prophet who lived right up to the time that the nation of Israel and Judah was taken captive into uh, Babylon. And because of the unfaithfulness, you know, basically they were all taken out of the land and taken into captivity, a place of captivity. And the land was laid to rest for a period of years. But Jeremiah had prophesied that it would be 70 years, that there would be 70 years in this captivity. Hmm? 70 years in captivity. And so... Um, what had happened is Daniel is looking, okay, this is right around 70 years, and I see nothing happening. I see no effort. I see no activity that would say we are going back to the nation of Israel to reestablish our nation, to rebuild the temple, to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. You know, there wasn't anything happening. So this matter really perplexed him and caused him to seek God. Okay, now, let me tell you, when, when you're seeing a promise that God has given us in his word, and yet somehow it seems that promise is not real to you, you're not experiencing that promise, that should cause you to take a deeper look. Say, okay, why isn't this happening? What's going wrong? What needs to happen? What needs to transpire? This is really what motivated Daniel to fast. 
okay? And so taking it up in chapter 9, verse 1, let's look at this narrative. Daniel 9, chapter, chapter 9, verse 1, setting up verse 1, says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, by descent, a Mede, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the, oh, let me, I, I'm sorry, let me read, read that. I, Daniel, perceived in the book, books the number of the years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So he's saying this is coming to this is coming to fruition here. Okay. And then in, in verse three, it says, Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer, and pleased for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Now realize that Daniel did not want to see this captivity continue to, to, to continue. And he knew that there was a promise that it would end after 70 years. And so he realized, okay, we've got to do something. We've got to repent. We've got to change something here because we're not on track with God's plan. And verse 4 says, I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Verse 5, we have sinned and have done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. So here he is, he sets out to pray and fast, and his heart is turned towards God, he's repenting, he's asking God for forgiveness for the sins of the people, of, of the, the Hebrew people, and pressing into God. And, and then uh, dropping down to verse 20, if you have your Bibles, drop down to verse 20, we're gonna see the, the rest of this, uh, what transpires. And you can read this whole thing. In fact, I challenge you sometime when you have time this month, read the book of Daniel. I believe you'll be blessed. Um, verse 20 says, while I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my plea before the Lord my God for the holy hill of my God. I mean, he was interceding for Israel. He was interceding for the people. Verse 21, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, now who's Gabriel? He's an angel, right? But, you know, he came appearing as a man whom I have seen in the vision at the first came to me in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. Verse 22, he made me understand speaking with me and saying, O Daniel, I have now come out to give you insight and understanding. And notice verse 23, at the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out. And I've come to tell you I've come to tell it to you. For you are greatly loved, therefore consider the word and understand the vision. Wow. So here we see Daniel. The angel said, the first, at the first day you started this fast, the word was sent, the answer was sent. But it took 21 days to deliver it. It didn't arrive immediately. And you, sometimes there's the persistence because in the realm of the spirit, there's battles waging and warring, and we're not gonna get into all that, but when you read this out, you see that that was the case. Now, we want to consider Daniel's outlook when it comes to fresh start, when it comes to a fresh outlook. Because Daniel needed a fresh outlook on the circumstance, the situation he was in. 
concerning the plight of the Hebrew people, concerning Jerusalem and its desolation and, and the nation of Judah and Israel being, you know, just uh, in captivity. So he needed a, a fresh outlook on that. And what he gained was the whole future plan of what God wanted to do, including the sending of Jesus Christ, our Messiah, and, and the work that he would do to establish his kingdom in the earth. And so when we took look at outlook, I want to share some words that help identify and define what outlook is. Now, outlook is an email client and professional or personal information manager that's available as part of Microsoft Office. Okay, now that's what the techie, that's how they define Outlook, okay? <laughs> yeah, most of you have seen Outlook on your computer and you just pass it by, you know, uh, because you have Google, you have Yahoo or some other um, uh, email uh, thing going on, okay? So, but no, uh, put that aside, Outlook, is the way that a person uh, thinks about things. It's a perception or point of view. Uh, outlook is a mental attitude that can be positive or it can be negative. Um, outlook is a set of conditions that will probably exist in the future as it did in Daniel's life and ministry because God gave him an outlook. He was able to see beyond the presence of the present situation. And then we see that outlook addresses the past, the present, and the future as it did in Daniel's life and ministry. It, it did in his ministry. And realize outlook will address your past, how you view your past, how you view your present, and how you see your future. Now, there's sentiments for outlook. We see the sentiments would be attitude, vision, direction, viewpoint, manager, and also perspective or your standpoint that you have, the frame of mind that you have, those are all synonyms to this word called outlook. Now let me make this statement. If you're writing notes, you can take this down. With a fresh start, we need a fresh outlook or we'll stay in the same old rut. Some of, some of you are stuck in a rut. So you need a new outlook or you won't have a fresh start. You won't be able to move beyond where you are right now because you need that new outlook. And in fact, a fresh outlook will give you a new perspective of how you view your present circumstance. In other words, the circumstance may not change right away, but the way you view it, your outlook of it does. And when it does, that's when faith can arise where you can overcome that circumstance and move beyond it. Because we know that circumstances uh, will try to hinder you from advancing in your walk with God. Now, now Daniel was a servant. He acknowledged uh, that knowledge, skill, and understanding came from God. I mean, at one time, the king had a dream. King Nebuchadnezzar had this dream. And he got, all, he got some of his chief wise men together, and he said, okay, uh, you need to interpret this dream. Okay, King, tell us the dream. I don't remember the dream. All I know is I had this dream and it disturbed me. You tell me the dream and its interpretation, otherwise you're done. And so uh, they, they said, well, nobody can do that. And so uh, the edict went out and all the wise men were supposed to be put to death. 
But they came to Daniel. Daniel says, tell the king to give me a chance because this kind of insight is going to come from God. And so he sought God, and God not only gave him an understanding of what the dream was, but also its interpretation. And so they found in Daniel an excellent spirit. The spirit of God was in him. It was recognizable by the earthly kings of that day and the earthly leaders of that day. But there's three things that we can say about Daniel's outlook. And if you're taking notes, you can write these down. Three things that we can say about Daniel's outlook. Number one, Daniel recognized that at times he needed to fast and pray to get a fresh outlook from God. See, he recognized that fasting with prayer was an effective means to get a fresh outlook. And see, this is, a, this is an important benefit of fasting. So I want to encourage you and challenge you to expect to get a fresh outlook on things in your life as you seek the Lord through prayer and fasting. The insight, the revelation, understanding. And sometimes even problematic areas where you can say, oh, this is the answer. This will take care of that. See, we can fast for a breakthrough. The question is, do you need a breakthrough? Because God will give you a breakthrough. But there's something about fasting that sets us apart to spend time focusing in on God and making time for him so that we can hear clearly from God and be more in tune with what he wants to say because he has something to say to you. He has something he wants to speak into your life. Number two, another thing that we can say about Daniel's outlook is Daniel's outlook was positive in the midst of negative situations. It was positive in the midst of negative situations. Even when the wise men were going to be destroyed, Daniel was able to maintain a positive attitude. You know, because when your neck is on the line, people, you know, it's, it's not easy. But yet, in seeking God, he was able to remain positive. And, and let me just say this about being positive because I, I don't know about you, but uh, every time I get around negative people, guess what happens to me? I start becoming more negative. I start becoming more cynical. And, and negative people have a way of, of, of really putting a damper on things. And they're not, they're not able to see the bright side. There's a bright side of every story, right? And so uh, being positive is a decision, it's a choice. I believe God is a positive God, and he wants us to look on the bright side. He wants to look to his word to see what he has to say and speak into our lives. And so maintain a positive attitude. And then number three, Daniel's outlook was a key to his success and promotion in life. See, he became a prominent influence in an ungodly environment. Others recognized that the spirit of God was with him and in him. What you see, and in fact, here's a quote from Lisa Bevere, which I think fits along with this. What you see with an open heart is far more important than what you see with open eyes. See, God wants you to have the right kind of outlook because that outlook is a key to your success in life. It's a key to victory. And see, your outlook might not be too positive right now because maybe some of the things you're going through. So maybe you need a fresh outlook. 
Maybe you need a fresh view of, of your present situations to see it through God's word, to see it through God's plan and through his purpose. See, we're, we're not to limit ourselves from seeing things just from our vantage point. I believe God wants to give each of us a perspective to see things from his vantage point. And see, that's really revelation and understanding when we can see things from God's vantage point. And he, as he did with Daniel, gave him understanding. He gave him revelation. And see, it's no different. Daniel's no different than us. He was a human being like us. He loved God like we do. But God gave him wisdom and revelation because he sought after that. There has to be a choice, a decision on our part to go after the wisdom of God. And I believe today he wants to give us a fresh outlook. Do you need a fresh outlook today? Maybe it's a fresh outlook on a, a person that's been causing a problem in your life. You're just having an issue with that person. Hopefully it's not your spouse, but maybe it's somebody and, and you just think, God, I'm having an issue. I'm having a problem with this person. Spending time with God will help you to get a fresh outlook towards that person. Or maybe it's a situation. Maybe it's your employment. Maybe it's something that you're dealing with and that it's just not going well for you. Well, before you make a decision, you need a fresh outlook from God so that you can make a decision in light of the perspective that God gives you in that situation. The best way to get a new outlook is to look up. <laughs> look up to the one who can give you a new outlook on life. In fact, the right outlook on life. Whatever you're facing right now, God wants you to have his outlook on it. Praise God. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. For more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages for free, visit us online at wearerefuge.net.